is up, guys? This is Podcast 419, and we are all about unpacking what it means for us to make and send disciples who love and live like Jesus. And in order to do that, we are having conversations about the highs and lows of doing life together. There is no conversation too big, no topic that is off the table. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your week. Let's jump into this episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Podcast 419. I'm Brian. I'm here with Josh. Yes, you are. And we have a special guest here on the podcast. We Do have... we have any guests that are not special? <laughs> That's a good point. Without, They're all special. Uh, extra why special would we, guests. Why would we have them on, you know, if they didn't add something? Touche. Touche. Oh. But this, I can't say highly enough of the guests that we have. I mean, she's the, married to Bob, and she's... That's a like, lot in like, and, and of Bob itself. And Bob isn't like a reference point from like Bob's awesome. Like he's he's, he's fine, but <laughs> you're married. Like kudos. Like you you're, you're doing it. Me, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're a place of compassion. No. Sue Reed. Mm. Can we get the audience? Ladies clap? and gentlemen, hey, if you're in your car, if you're with your family, if you're buying groceries at the grocery store, round of applause for Sue Reed mm-hmm. right now. She's mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, there it is. Thank you guys. Thanks for Love having it. me. Yeah, we're so excited to really just dive into this. Um, So what's this conversation that we're having? Because I think it's a super uh, important one. Well, we're talking about uh, we're talking about gender roles and Mm -hmm. really like focusing on relationship. One of the reasons that we wanted to have Sue on the show actually was because uh, Sue's role at our church is she's the the women's ministry director. Like she is championing this thing on on the front grounds for women mm-hmm. uh and and also obviously like we're guys and we don't want to just give the perspective for women 100 to women when we're not women, women. so that's wise guys <laughs> yeah, wise. Yeah. just just trying Strate- to just trying to employ <laughs> wisdom here yeah strategic for sure so we're talking about gender roles and i think right out of the gate uh we need to address something that i think is really important uh, and it's the fact that roles and relationships are something that as a church uh, and not just t- not talking about side life, really just the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as men, um, we've really botched this. Like we've really messed it up. And I know that there there are some women that are probably listening right now where they've experienced hurt and abuse and pain and suffering. That is, uh, I would say the majority of the time, not their responsibility or their fault at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've had to carry that that burden. And, and right out of the gate, we want, want to address that and just say, like, we are sorry that that's something that you've had to carry. Mm-hmm. Like, we're sorry that, that you've had to walk through that. And we know that um, this conversation can be a little bit more charged because of what you've experienced. And we're just going to ask you to just have, have the ears to hear, knowing that we, we hear your hurt, we understand mm-hmm. uh, to the extent that we can and, and sue to the extent that she can uh, what you've gone through. Uh, and we're sorry, and we're not at all uh, justifying that, but what we want to do is, is is walk towards health, and that's what this conversation is: is what do you gender roles in a relationship look like uh, in a healthy way? And that's what we're going to talk about as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me just add to that too. Yeah. I think that women themselves in leadership in the church have also done their part in setting a standard that was based on unhealthy expectations as well. So Hmm. I think I can speak for myself in ministry that I fell into that same line of thinking because it it was what was being taught to me. And Mm -hmm. I was naive and ignorant too. And now that I have experienced enough life and have walked alongside women, I realize how damaging 
that can really be to put us all into the same mold when God has created us so uniquely different. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And even talking about, uh, just, just the different roles and responsibilities. So like, I know for myself, like being younger in the generation, like I'm only 24, this idea and this premise of like, you know, gender roles in relationships, I know looks a lot different, especially over even the last 50 years. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about it is at least for my culture and the way that I was uh, growing up, it looked a lot different in the gender roles that like, it looked more, um, not completely equal, but it was, it was progressing and moving towards that. Um, but there's still implications and repercussions of what was being taught and, and what the mold was prior to that, whether it's my parents' generation or even my grandparents' generation yeah. that leads and has effects directly on how I think, um, and that I've had to shape my mind around, oh, this isn't the way that God designed this to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think right out of the gate, and maybe, Sue, you can give some insight into this, but uh, really want to talk about some of the the ways that this has been done poorly. Before we start talking about health, I know that there's a lot of hurt for some of our listeners, and mm-hmm. we've experienced and heard things, and it's like, hey, what the heck is true? Like, What, what even is uh, true and good? And so out of the gate, let's let's address some of the, the areas we've messed up. And so, Sue, what have you witnessed, maybe you've experienced, maybe you just know from, because I know you've studied this to a degree, um, what are some of the things that you have experienced in, in regards to how the church has maybe more just men or women, uh, where we've messed this up? Yeah, I, I think what we've experienced at times through the church is just inequality. Um, I think there are specific roles that God has designed us for, but there's great um how do i say that just oh, what is the word i'm looking for you guys just i guess um a range of ways that we fill that role mm-hmm. that that isn't specific to every you know that is that has an, a lot of variety to that um a lot of ways it looks different for each of us, and I kind of forget the question. <laughs> no, it's good. And I think some of, one of the things that we had, had talked through earlier uh, was kind of how the, there was this almost authoritarian role mm-hmm. um, that used to be viewed as like, hey, this is the man's role. Like, he's going to not just lead, but he's going to kind of like domineer a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to dominate what where we're going to go, what we're going to do, what decisions are going to be made. Uh, and what that's done is that's actually that's caused a, a response, I think, on two sides. One side, um, the response could be like withdrawal and like trying to remain quiet. And the other side is kind of rebuke that and go to the far other side of like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be controlled. Mm -hmm. Like, And not that control is the goal, but hey, I'm not going to be led. I've got this. I'm going to do this on my end. Uh, And I know you talked about it a little bit. Um, There's even a movement that you had talked about. What what does that look like? Yeah, I think for years in the church, there was this um, kind of, Definitely, I would consider it abuse of authority over women, Mm -hmm. just using women in ways not dignifying the work that they do in the church, Um, you know, really delegating them to the home, and then therefore they don't offer value outside of the home. Um, Some lines of thinking that the women are there to please their husbands, that that is their sole focus, and yet... We, we know in our heart that God has called us to greater things to work in the church and as well as in the home. And what does that look like to have the balance of that and to feel equal? 
Um, so I think there is definitely a history of sexism in the church. And I hate to use that term, but sure. but it fits it perfectly in that women um, can tend to be paid less than men mm. um, in equal roles in the church, things like that, that we're working through as a church to make to bring a healthier perspective on those things. But it's it's generational. It's been in the yeah. big church for many years, and so I think women, in a, as a response to that abuse um, trauma, there's mm-hmm. real trauma involved in that. Thankfully, um, some of that I haven't experienced myself personally. But um, so now there's a movement of women moving away from the traditional roles of True. in marriage that we see, and they're, they're they consider themselves ex evangelicals. And so I think it's really sad that, that that's kind of the tendency in our brokenness is to oh, sway yeah. the pendulum so far the mm-hmm. other direction that we just don't see any value in it. And we move so far away from what I think scripture is really saying for us to do. So how do we come back to this healthy perspective on it now? Yeah. And, and even talking, going back to scripture, and uh, I know, at least from what I've experienced from some of uh, the other women that I've done life with that um, they've talked about, is how scripture is used to kind of weaponize that standpoint. Yes. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about some of the scripture and the lens that we look through of how God really designed, what are these roles, um, but really talking about the the scripture being used to like I said, I really just weaponize mm-hmm. and be able to um, defend what people are saying mm-hmm. um, when it was never meant to do that in the way that they're trying to contend. Yeah, I think that's the worst. I, I Scripture is designed and built to be a weapon. It's just not meant to be a weapon against people, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it's it's a, a weapon that we use to fight lies for truth. Uh, and, and we even talked about that a couple episodes back. Um, the catch is so often we'll just use it to justify our our behavior and yet yeah. sure it doesn't line, line up here but if i use this and i turn this sideways it'll mm-hmm. look right you to can me make it. and i can make the argument and it's like hold on like that's not the heart behind this and if scripture is the lens which uh as a podcast we contend that is is the lens that we should be viewing all things mm-hmm. uh then when we look at gender roles that has to be the lens we look through and, mm-hmm. and i i even i look at jesus and the way that he interacted with women uh who found him first like that the tomb was empty yeah, three women. Exactly. Like it, it, it wasn't any guys, and like the two guys who went, like one was too afraid to even go in. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and at the same time, these these women are having a conversation with an angel, and they're like walking beside Jesus. And yeah, they didn't know it, but like it was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, I'm looking at all these different interactions that Jesus is having uh, with men and women. And my big takeaway from from Jesus and from Scripture is. Yes, our roles are absolutely different, uh, and they're beautiful. Like like men, we're, we're called to be the spiritual heads of the household. Uh, women are are. Scripture calls us like calls Eve the helper, which is not actually a condescending term. It's actually a term that was used for God at one mm-hmm. point. Um, like it's a partner. Like it's a partnership that we're supposed to be called into. And I look at the way that that Jesus approaches, and yeah, the role is different, but the value is one hundred percent the same. Like he yeah. looks at at Mary the same way that he looks at John. And like, even though they're different people and have different functions and roles, his love for them is not different. Right. I, I agree. And I I think even to go a little step further to look through the lens of the gospel, when Jesus came, it was, it was all inclusive. It was, he, he dignified the undignified. Mm -hmm. And in that, um, his greatest value we see is love. And so I think, 
we can now look through that lens on these roles that God has created us, obviously very different physically, mm-hmm. um, our, our specific roles for procreation and, and all of that is specific, but now we get to look at the individual through the lenses of love and say, what, what is most loving for each person in this marriage and how do we come together and agree in mm-hmm. unity and in love for each other? equally what what is most loving for us both so i think we get to look through that lens while also upholding the values that god has already set in scripture that we believe yeah and one of those things that um and i even heard josh talk about it is the spiritual head of the household um, i know that's a term that probably anyone who's been a christian for any number of times has, has probably heard that term of a spiritual head of the household so what is that really mean? And, and practically, what does that look like? Because I feel like um, it's something that can also cause a lot of hurt for people hearing that term and what it means for them. Yeah, I think something really important, and I, I try to share this with students, uh, because our view on leadership is can be very skewed, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we can think, hey, a leader is the guy who makes all the decisions and the guy in charge. And that's actually not what a good leader does. Um, what I see often, a good leader is a shepherd and trying to guide uh, and trying to love and care mm-hmm. for um I even say it in, in premarital, uh, what's the goal of premarital? It's it's unity, mm-hmm. right? And so if, if I want to lead my bride, a big part of it is I need to be side by side with my bride in partnership. Uh, and the question that I ask myself all the time is how can I make her win? Like if my goal is that she wins, I'm living out what Ephesians 5 is talking about where husbands lay down your life for your bride. Mm-hmm. Like that is my role. And if I'm choosing to put her first, uh, man, a lot of fruit comes from that. And mm-hmm. also she is willing to be led by me because yeah. she knows that I care about her and I love mm-hmm. her. Uh, but if I'm not loving her, caring for her, shepherding her, man, that leading part is a lot harder because, yeah. I mean, I know for me, I don't want to be led by somebody who doesn't care about me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably true for a lot of people. A hundred percent. I think that's the challenge is that we're two broken people coming into a marriage oh, yeah. and we both have our own areas of sin we have our own lack of trust in God in areas, definitely lack of trust in each other through our experiences um, and our hurts that, that come into play. And so I think um, when, I, when I think about the role for me as a woman, I know that God has placed my husband in authority over me. And if I trust God's authority and I trust his heart and his good for me, then I know that even the way he has set that up in the, you know, hierarchy of authority, um, that he's already laid that foundation for me. I can trust that although my husband isn't perfect, he is perfect. And you hear that, Bob? And (laughs) (laughs) but, but just, it really challenges my trust in God. Um, because I, there's times when I'm going to struggle to trust my husband just because we can't perfect it for each other. So then ultimately my relationship with the Lord has to trump that. And I trust his authority and the authority he's placed over me. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not to lord over me in a way that's uncaring. It's really to protect me. Um, and I know that, you know, he laid the example of, of submitting to an authority by submitting to the authority of his father that was over him. So He's the perfect example of submitting his life um, for us. And so we we get to model our lives after that. And it, yeah. it's an uncomfortable topic to talk about submission. 
Sure. But but when we can really lean into what Jesus modeled for us and understand that that's the ultimate goal of of um, you know bearing the image of Christ is laying our lives down for each other. If we can do that in marriage, this issue of you know authority really becomes irrelevant. Yeah, it's because, more about trust. Yeah. 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 So and mutual submission, which you know I, I don't. We haven't really talked about that, but that's really what scripture talks about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is being mutually submitted. And the goal from that really is unity too. you know, what happens if God gives the husband who's the head of the home a message or a calling and the woman didn't get that same message from God? Well, yeah. does he move forward without um, including his wife or her voice in this conversation? It wouldn't be loving to not do that. So, because we know that that in Christ we we should be unified. If mm-hmm. the message mm-hmm. from Him is f- truly from Him, it will be a message of unity. We will be unified in that. So, we need to fight to uh, process through that, navigate through that, and come to a place where we're unified in the calling that He's placed in our lives. Yeah, and I think that's big because when when you just talked about like, hey, God's calling will lead to unity fully true but doesn't mean it starts there right Right. like like sometimes like i think about even me and jenny we're like hey like initially it's like hey i want to do this i want to do that and uh or god is like we're trying to figure it out and Mm -hmm. the big thing that that i'm hearing you say sue is we need to open up dialogues in our house Mm -hmm. um where like this podcast all the time we're talking about have those conversations with the person discipling you and have those conversations with wise counsel uh, your spouse needs to be included. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're, and we, we've had an episode on this, but if your spouse, maybe they're not equally yoked, right? Like it's like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe they're not a believer. Maybe you're married to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Um, they still need to be included in those conversations. Now, admittedly, they're looking through a different lens mm-hmm. uh, and, and they're going to need loved and led through that. Uh, but at the same time, it is not caring, loving, or really Jesus honoring to mm-hmm. try to try to lead people in the dark. Right. right, like like our job as as Christ followers is we we live in the light, mm-hmm. uh, which means we're having conversations in the light. We're not just going to try to blindly lead people. Uh, we're going to hey, like I feel like this is where God's calling me. What do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, because look, if they're not a believer, you just integrated a conversation about Jesus and you're modeling who He is. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's the whole point. Yep. Uh, but I can't do that if I'm trying to keep everything in a box. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I even see that with mm-hmm. Jesus. Like he was in constant communication with his dad too, mm-hmm. and and so they were mm-hmm. still being unified. And I mean, it, it's just crazy to see that. And so we should see the same thing in our relationships um, with other people, with our spouses, for things like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that Jesus's church is called his bride because helps if, a lot. Uh, yeah, maybe, for imagery. Hey, listen, yeah. if I want to know how to <laughs> approach my bride, or vice versa, right? Like my bride to approach me. I can look at that. Like, mm-hmm. how did he approach the people that, that were of his body and that were his bride? Uh, because I think that that's going to be a great lens for mm-hmm. me to understand, hey, what does leading look like? And you know what? One of the key things that Jesus did was he just asked questions. Right. Like, he just tried to, like, hey, like, like maybe I, I feel called to something. I can even think of a time where, uh, and there aren't many times where on big decisions, Jenny and I have, have landed in very different spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one one instance where, like, I was flying to Florida to see my family. Uh, our daughter, Lilla, was like, I had a ticket for her. We weren't sure if Jenny was going to be able to make it, but we had the two tickets and COVID times be cray, right? Yeah. Like, and, oh, yeah. and so and so we landed in different spots of like, I wanted her to go. 
Jenny was like, hey, I really think she should stay like COVID, like airports, like really don't want to like risk mm-hmm. anything. Uh, and we had to really wrestle through that. And that was one of the things there, there are going to be times as a spiritual leader where um, like, like I just have to like make a decision. That's only happened once in our marriage. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. One time where it's been like, we've been in different spots and I've been like, Jenny, I just need you to trust me. Like, I really feel like this is what God's called us. That was not one of them. Like mm-hmm. that was a like, Hey Jenny, we need to be either aligned on this or, or Lila can't go. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, we're a team and I want us to win first. And so, sorry, Lila, you didn't, you didn't go to Florida with me. Uh, yeah. but, but that's where we landed. Why? Because she's my teammate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my role in that again is, is not to make her feel guilty that we yeah. land in a different spot. It's that, Hey, I love you. Yeah. And this is one of those things where I'm convicted that we need to be unified. And if we're not unified, Chica doesn't fly. Yeah. Like she stays home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so again, we got, we got to separate those majors and minors Mm -hmm. because there are some things that are non-negotiables for sure. Mm -hmm. And there are other things where unity is way more important than getting my way. Yep. I agree. And and you talk about these majors and minors, um, because I know other people who are listening, I've experienced it myself, Sue, I, I can imagine you've experienced it too, that there are majors and minors that you talk about. Um, what are some examples of those? So people know like, Hey, is this where I put my foot in the ground? Is this where I plant this flag? Mm -hmm. Or is it something that I should prayerfully consider with God and say, whatever happens, like it's, it's not the end of the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think for Bob and I, what we did and something that we encourage couples that we counsel to do is to really have a vision for your marriage, for your family, that you're both going after, that you're unified on those goals. And then making sure that everything that you do really is in line with that vision and then talking about what our parts are and how we're going to contribute to accomplishing the mission and the vision that God has given us. And so just like we know, you know, our calling as disciple makers, what, how does that reflect in our marriage and our parenting and our particular family and what is our part in that process? So Mm -hmm. we really, um, and, and what worked individually for us. So, you know, kind of getting back to these roles, I think we all know that we have an equal call to make disciples. Come and on. as parents, that looks different in some of our homes. You know, we have different dynamics. Some of us, you know, the moms are, are working. We have different um, responsibilities that we take on. And I think we need to be agreed, we, we need to be in unity and in agreement on those specific things. The expectations that we have of each other really mm-hmm. helps avoid a lot of the hurt Yeah. Um, when, when we agree on them. So it doesn't have to be a traditional way that it looks as long as you're unified yeah. in what each of your role is specifically and that you're faithful to accomplish that and stay unified in it. Mm. Yeah, I would say for for me and Jenny, uh, majors like we try to keep it super simple. Like it's scripture. So if, if scripture is very clear about as a family, this is what we're supposed to do. Because there are instances uh, where it talks about like what we should be doing with our time, our money, making disciples. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. like there are things that we are called to as a family, and those are majors. Like Jesus has has mm-hmm. called us into that. Like Jesus is our major. Mm-hmm. Uh, minors, a trip to Florida. Like minors, yeah. like. Yeah. Like, what do we eat tonight? Minor, like, there's right. so many things that just don't matter in mm-hmm. the, the scheme of things. And so what we want to do, just like in the parenting episode, keep the long-term view. Yeah. Like, the view is Jesus. That's mm-hmm. the target. Uh, and if mm-hmm. that's the lens we are looking through, that's our major. A lot of the other stuff, 
gets put into the perspective that it needs. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? Is this actually even worth us being divided over? No, it's yeah. not. So, all right. Like, who cares? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Right. I I love that, you know, God has so uniquely designed us and that we get to bring um, just strengths to the marriage that mm-hmm. the other person doesn't have at times mm-hmm. to help strengthen the vision and the mission that God has us on. Um, and so I think having that diversity is beautiful and mm-hmm. we need to embrace that and not fight against somehow we have to fit this mold that mm-hmm. other, you know, traditional Christians have fit or that, you know, we've written it, you know, read in books that have been written. And I just think sometimes that sets us up for um, what we perceive as failure. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you know, like you said, Josh, that, you know, the scripture is a foundational, non-negotiable truth that that you guys have landed on. And the same is true for us. You know, the Bible's the final authority and in our parenting, it just simplifies a lot of those oh, things because yeah. we can, you know, disagree on the methods and how we're going to get to that end. But, you know, to start there with those foundational things in unity is half the battle really oh yeah mm-hmm. it's so. so much easier when you know the target mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. Uh, then it's like hey what's the vehicle right that's that's a, it's a different yeah. beast for sure yeah yep. and so if people are listening right now um and this can be if you're if you're married um even if you're single and, and all the way through that spectrum um you can set yourself up to be a better spouse yep. and, and to really get this early would be great but even if you've been married for several years um there's there's something that you can do uh, yeah. to really get kind of that unity piece that we keep mm-hmm. talking about. Um, so what is some of the things that people can do that are listening right now to proactively run after uh, what we've been talking about? Yeah, step one, light some candles. Um, <laughs> yep. What kind of candles? On. What kind of candles? Lavender. Uh, French lavender. Is that French a thing? lavender. Is that a thing? I don't know. English wee lavender. Wee. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> wee. Uh, no, uh, seriously, we, we've got three questions that we've really talked through a little bit. Um, and it's it's really a check-in. And this is something that Jenny and I have done for a while now that's had so much value in our marriage because drift just happens. Yeah. Uh, and so for us just to sit down and just do a check-in of like, hey, how, how have things been going? So we've got three questions to help facilitate that check-in. Uh, candle's optional, but highly recommend them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> trying to keep the marriage alive, you know? There it is. And so uh, first question, how have I been loving you? Like mm-hmm. just trying to check in like over the past and put a timestamp on it. Like mm-hmm. over the last month, mm-hmm. how have I done loving you? Because leading does not matter. Like my role mm-hmm. as a leader does not matter if mm-hmm. I am not loving. No. Um, right. And so how am I doing loving you? Uh, second one, how have I been doing leading you? Uh, and mm-hmm. so that's talking about shepherding hearts. And you can even like if you've got kids, you can include that too. Of Like how have we been doing leading our kids? Uh, but again, this is really the primary focus is your marriage right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last question is, how can I better love you? And honestly, that's the most important one mm-hmm. uh, because that's your next step. That's, hey, like, what what do you need? I, so often uh, with, with Jenny, like, I can tell that, like, something's going on. Maybe she's distracted. Maybe she's a little tweaked. That's my go-to question of, like, mm-hmm. hey, how can it's, – it's not even initially, hey, what's going on? It's, hey, there, there's a love issue here. Like, you're not receiving love. Uh, in the way that you, you, you would like to. And so how can I care for you? How can I love you in this? And then we'll figure out the other stuff down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so those three questions I, I think would be really, really good. Absolutely. I agree. Um, again, 
we talk a lot about this in marriage counseling with others, just we each have to be responsible for loving the other person. And something that we say is really help set the other person up to love you well. So a lot of that comes back to the communication of sharing with your spouse how to really truly love you mm-hmm. and to get your needs met and to do anything less is unloving to your spouse. Oh like, yeah, we don't like that though. No, mm-hmm. no. It, it's very uncomfortable. It feels super vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. But that's, it's unloving to make assumptions that they know how to love you. They should yep. just naturally know how to love you. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That is not true. <laughs> All right. Then. They do not know. And That's so right. we have to help them. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, doing our part to love our husbands well, to, to do that mutually, mm-hmm. you know, how do we love each other well? And it's not about making ourselves happy. It's really about making ourselves holy this is a huge marriage is a huge mm, part of good. the sanctification process of our lives and really models his whole relationship with the church when you said the church is his bride and he is the groom and that whole um image mm. we are that the yeah. marriage is is definitely the manifestation of that mm-hmm. and so this sanctification process like we don't want to miss it where we can be such a huge part of our healing journey extending the gospel to each other, being ministers of reconciliation to each other, that he's given us this role. Um, It really is beautiful and it's powerful. And it's the most powerful relationship that we have on this earth that can impact with um, huge kingdom gains. And um, so we don't want to take it lightly. No doubt. It's it's one of our highest priorities. Mm. Yeah. I think the tendency is, at least for me, um, is I'll, I'll say, hey, how have I been loving you well? And she'll be, or how have I been loving you? And she'll be like, oh, you know what? You, ha- you, haven't, you haven't been doing a great job. Like, it hasn't been good. And then I'm like, but I did well, the dishes. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on, ma'am, mm-hmm. ma'am. It's the please, laundry like, list. This yeah. is like, but I did this, 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 and this mm-hmm. all to love you. And it's like, hey, if I am not loving in the way that she best receives love in that moment, which is tough, like, like, it's really, again, like Sue was saying, really important to be communicating that stuff. And there's yeah. some times where, like, I'll go to Jenny and I'll be like, hey, I just need a lot of gentleness right now. Like, I just need over-the-top gentleness because I'm just sensitive right now. Uh, which, as a guy, like, I don't want to have to admit, but there's mm-hmm. a, just a reality. There are yeah. some points where I need to do that. Uh, and on the other side, like, hey, hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because if I'm defensive when I ask these questions, if you're going to be defensive when you ask these questions, do not ask these questions. Right. Yeah. It defeats right the now. purpose. No, no, not, not only does it defeat the purpose, but it says, I'm not trustworthy with your answers. You can't be honest with me. Yeah. And if you're not in a place with Jesus where you can receive that, mm-hmm. um, then just put this down, table it for later, yeah. and, and get, get your heart right first. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's so much more important mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. than trying to go through this with a hardened heart where you're going to really just dominate and do exactly what this whole conversation is mm-hmm. not about. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So how's that for an uplifting business? <laughs> there it is. Podcast 419. Uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Sue. Thanks for jumping in. Thank you, yeah. Sue. We uh, we love getting to have these conversations with you guys where we dive into not just like the easy fluff, but the um, discipleship, real life conversations where we have to wrestle and where it's hard and where scripture uh, has been messed up, like misinterpreted and mm-hmm. it, Man, we get to do that together. And so thank you guys for joining us. If you uh, feel called to or led to like, subscribe, follow, uh, we enjoy this and we're excited to see you next week. All right, guys. See you later.
We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Podcast 419. If you want to learn more about us, you can check us out on our website, podcast419.com. 